jokes, and they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
As the rhythm's designed to bounce with calcium that the rhyme Designed to fill your mind now that you realize the prize arrives We, we got, got the pump the stuff to make it tough From the heart it's a start a work of art to revolutionize Make a change, nothing strange People, people, we are the same No, we're not the same cause we don't know the game What we need is awareness, we can't get careless You say what is this? Have a loving, let's get down to business Mental self-defense of fitness Don't rush the show Uh, that was Fight the Power by Public Enemy, one of the very first uh, topical uh, hip-hop songs that, that really uh, had a big impact. This is The B, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. And uh, we had some more news this week. About our uh, the new uh, Secretary of Labor. The times ahead are going to be hard, but uh, 
going to pers persevere. Seems like uh, we're under a cloud. Seems like we have bad luck. Seems like we're not talking to each other like we used to. Seems like our minds have taken us over. Well, are the times harder than they were for people in Mississippi in 1965 who wanted to change? Are lives harder than that? Maybe what we're realizing is you can't live a regular middle class bourgeois life still claim to be making the world better. Everyday life is what's killing the earth. People's everyday life. Our bad luck maybe comes from inside ourselves. Maybe it's time to back and touch again that magic touchstone of humanity that humanity that used to come so easily to us but now it seems like inhumanity is built into our life and there's no way to get around it there's no way to not do it <clears throat> so it's time to look for answers answers to that question. Where do we go from here? How do we make the world a better place? How will we achieve social justice? Well, these are questions that all of us have to ask now. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to combat the rise of fascism in the United States? Wallace said <clears throat> when fascism comes to the United States it'll come in the form of Americanism and so it did so it has you have all the, the setup for a fascist government you have a close collaboration between government and business in fact now a businessman is president have a, a person, a person with a lot of cachet, okay. a, a, like a fury, a leader, a guide, who can mesmerize people with his rhetoric. Okay. That was uh, Fleetwood Mac. And today's sermon, I think we can stop Mac now. Okay, here we are. This is The B, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio is an actual place 
2781 21st Street in the heart of the Mission District, El Mero Mero. And we come at you from all different directions. Meet Me Radio is a community center for the arts, especially for the spoken arts. We have radio, we have comedy, we have bands, we have art installations. You can rent this place for $100 an hour and hold your own meeting. $100 an hour now in the center of uh, one of San Francisco's best neighborhoods in terms of weather and in terms of art ferment and in time, terms of people doing things and, and uh, making plans. Okay, that was Fleetwood Mac with Albatross and the great Peter Green. Peter Green, who once said he wasn't interested in money. And uh, lived to support. So what do we do? Let's go back to our roots. Okay. These are my roots. This is what you do when everything falls apart. You dance. Throw up your hands and you dance for every pain and, and problem and bad news. You dance.
Okay, so that's what you do. We had uh, started out with fight the power, reminding us that we can fight. Okay. Two, we had sadness over the naming of a... I don't want to use any uh, profanity. A, a guy who's totally anti anti labor, who is the epitome of what the kind of people labor has to struggle against. I mean, this guy is small potatoes compared to others. He only made four million dollars in salary and bonuses a couple years ago, as far as I know. But his opinions uh, about uh, women eating hamburgers and bikinis. Here we go. Okay, I'm the B. This is AKA Bill Morgan, and the show is Labor and Love. We're from 10 to 12 every Saturday morning. Uh, and we talk about labor news, uh, labor opinion, labor uh, commentary, this day in labor history. What's going on all around you in the field of, in the field, workers? What are workers doing? Are workers organizing to meet the threat? Anyway, we'll find out about that too. It's going to happen no matter what we say. I'm the B and um, this is the show where we tell you like it is. Like it is, is if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table when it's time to bargain, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Good morning. So, good morning. This is the B. And uh, we're going to start out by talking about our new uh, our new Secretary of Labor. Labor Secretary is supposed to be voice of working people in the government. I can't imagine a more unsuitable Secretary of Labor. <laughs> this is Radio uh, Labor. Show Walter, you're listening to the Union Edge Laborers Talk Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We enjoy your company. We like hanging out with you, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, 
when you go to our website, www.theunionedge.com. We appreciate that very much. If you have any ideas, suggestions, or critiques of the program, the website, or anything else in regards to the Union Edge, please send it to requests at theunionedge.com. That's requests at theunionedge.com. And uh, for the next person who wants to send me uh, unions are no good, oh, uh, yeah, maybe not so much, but that's okay. I can't brush shoulders and thick skin. I can take it. I'm not sad when a troll attacks me. Uh, joining us today, we've got Alan Kukovich, uh, former member of the Pennsylvania House and Senate. Alan, welcome back. Oh, it's great to be on the Union Edge during the holiday season. Man, it doesn't get any better than this. The only thing it I does not. The only thing I can say is I'm glad I'm not up in Michigan right now, where it's minus four degrees. Uh, I'm going to be back in Minnesota over Christmas, and you're right. It's, uh, it's something like minus five out there right now. It's, uh, you know, yeah. a friend of mine, a friend of mine, told me that you know he, his he was visiting family up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and it was about three o'clock in the morning, and there was a tap, tap, tap at the back door. And he opens up the door, and Bigfoot was standing there asking if he could come in because it's a little cold. Oh, and I thought it was going to be Santa. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, that's terrible. He expects Santa to get big. Did, didn't you hear the Governor Snyder outlawed Santa Claus? Well, it's not surprising. Yeah, There's, well, you know. Some of those uh, governors out there in the Midwest aren't... Uh, I'm doing a very good job. Well, that's because they're on the naughty list and they're not getting anything. So they figured nobody else should either. I have something to do with it. Yeah. So, um, Alan, uh, you had suggested that we talk about uh, the the potential select uh, for labor. Mr. Pudsner of uh, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. Um, Yeah. The man is an advocate for robots. Uh, The man Mm -hmm. believes that minimum wages are too high. Yeah. Um, you know, have you ever noticed that there are some out there in the business world that ah no, seven twenty-five an hour is too high for you. You shouldn't get that much. It's uh, no, no, you don't deserve that. But God help you if you say, dude, do you really need five million dollars, ten million dollars, thirty million dollars a year? Well, it's it's a, another example of uh, greed over over the, the the common good. It's. Uh, yeah, I, I, we, we had talked about on, on the show, of course, we've talked about the need for, for the minimum wage increase on, on the union edge a lot. And we've talked about, after Trump got elected, the kind of people that would be on the NLRB and who the labor secretary, uh, why that was so important. Um, as bad as, as we thought, it, it's, it, it looks worse here. Um, he's, uh, you know, a Part, part of the labor secretary's job is, is to uh, uh, become uh, involved with with complaints against the uh, employers, and and there was a statistic I found here that uh, uh, about sixty percent of the investigations, and there were just thousands at Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, right, uh, and primarily that they were for failure to pay the minimum wage or to pay for time and a half for overtime right and that's called wage theft and that is an epidemic here in the united states and it is solely solely conducted by management or the owners of these businesses i mean it's not the employee saying oh i'm not going to take a paycheck 
It's the boss saying, I'm not going to pay you what you fairly deserve. I'm not going to pay you what you've earned. I'm not going to pay you what I agreed to pay you. And, it, you know, quite honestly, you know, we have jurisdictions here in the United States that say, you know, if you've engaged in wage theft, you can't have a contract within our community. You can't have a governmental contract within our community. And, and, the, and the attorney general in, in New York has been going after uh, McDonald's for wage theft. Good. Why isn't somebody in jail? If I walked into a McDonald's and I stole $20 out of the till, what would happen to me? Well, I, I think uh, one, one of the uh, duties of informed action here on the Union Edge is to try to let people know in their respective states that you've got, you've got attorney generals. I mean, here in Pennsylvania, we just had a newly elected attorney general, Josh Shapiro. Um, I, I think we need to uh, uh, let him know, and I, I think he's very he, – he's, he's been on this show – uh, he's very aware of these issues. We've never had an attorney general in this state who's really taken this issue on. Um, the, the law is different here than in New York and some other states. But if wage theft is occurring, um, he's, he's got jurisdiction to do something about that against whatever companies are, are violating the law. So we should uh, we should be on his side. Uh, whatever. You know, if, if anybody gets on the Union Edge website and talks about uh, uh, them not being paid fairly, uh, we're going to let our, our new attorney general know. Let's see if we can do something about it. There you go. Especially That's... since we can't rely on, I mean, the, the job of, one of the jobs of the labor secretary is to defend the, the uh, labor laws, the rules, many of which have been challenged in court. I can't imagine with this background, however you pronounce his name, uh, and, and his many violations at the company of which he's CEO, uh, that he's going to even bother to defend those rules. So we've, we've got to do it uh, on a local state-by-state -state level, and I, I think we've got an obligation to. I, I mean, I with, with any new administration, you always, uh, even with somebody you don't like, you always hope for the best. Well, I've never seen any transition period that has dashed hope like this one has. It uh, the, uh, the 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 Trump is the first pre is the the first president elect to have the lowest approval rating in history. I mean that's uh, it shows people are paying attention. Mm -hmm. It shows they're 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 not going to uh, um, stand for some of these appointments. I, I I think it was Sherrod Brown that said something about. Uh, um, with some of the appointments that, that uh, Trump is trying to make, it, it's like hiring uh, an, an arsonist to, to work for your fire department. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Okay, that was the uh, Labor's Edge uh, radio show uh, talking about Donald Trump's new appointee uh, talk a little bit more about him. He's the uh, CEO of Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. has been uh, has been noticed, has been cited in the past, even years ago, as being anti-worker. <clears throat> 
anti-minimum wage, union busting. So now the CEO of Carl's Jr., Andy Puzder, not once but twice during his campaign, President-elect Donald Trump opined that U.S. workers are overpaid. On Thursday, he put the weight of the federal government behind that complaint. Pointing as Labor Secretary, a fast food magnate who seems to take management cues from Ebenezer Scrooge. <clears throat> Andy Puzder is CEO of CKE Restaurants, parent company of fast food chains Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Since CKE is privately held, his compensation isn't publicly disclosed, but in 2012, According to a final disclosure before going private, Poster made more than $4 million in salary and bonuses. Meanwhile, he's been a tireless campaigner about against raises to the minimum wage and rules proposed by Barack Obama that would expand the number of employees who qualify for overtime pay. One of his arguments, he was talking to a cohort on Fox News, and one of his arguments against the minimum wage was that if workers were getting paid more, then they would be making too much to get welfare. And so in order to keep getting welfare, workers are turning down higher paying jobs. This is the guy who's looking out for your interests. <laughs> Andy Puzder. This is from Labor Notes. Hotel workers defeat boss tactics to win union. While many union members needed time to recover from the presidential election results, a group of Santa Monica, California hotel workers didn't have much time to spare. News of Trump's victory only pushed them to fight harder to win their union election at a beachfront hotel. Hotel workers at Amerigot Hotel voted 27 to 15 to unionize with Unite Here Local 11. Throughout his campaign, the president-elect routinely vilified immigrants. The hotel workers are mostly immigrant women a majority of them from Mexico and El Salvador. Local 11 has contract language in a campaign history of defending immigrants regardless of their status. The hotel went all in to keep the 45 hotel workers from joining the union. Management hired anti-union consultants and forced employees to sit through almost daily anti-union meetings. None of it worked. New workers are forming a bargaining union to win their first union contract. It was the increase in workload that pushed them to form a union. They used to have to clean 13 rooms in eight hours. 
Then they were getting pushed for 15. She told her manager it wasn't possible. They couldn't do it. The response was that if she didn't like it, she could leave. Aurelia Gonzalez, a 15-year employee, helped sign up her co-workers for the union. We told them we have to do something or we're going to die working, she said. On top of being asked to clean two more rooms per day, Alicia and Gonzalez say, Alcala and Gonzalez say they were constantly being given more tasks, from cleaning hotel balconies and mini fridges to watering plants. As people quit in frustration or were pushed out, work piled up. Managers put more pressure on the remaining workforce. They blame everything on us, said Alcala. Today it's me, the next day it could be anyone. Meanwhile, workers say they weren't being paid overtime when they worked past eight hours. California state law requires a pay rate of time and a half for hours worked beyond eight hours a day. To meet their quotas, housekeepers would often work through breaks and lunches. They also complained that the hotel refused to offer light duty to those injured on the job. Management did everything they could during the three-day week period, three-week period between the filing and the vote. Met, management met with employees in groups and individually. Alcala said managers, anti-union consultants, and even CEO John Hawkins would corner workers in hotel rooms while they were cleaning, closing the door to talk to them alone. How did the workers hold up under such pressure? It helped that Unite Here organizers had warned leaders in advance about what the boss would say. The company was prepared for all the company's messages, including, we won't be a family anymore. The union will make you pay dues and go on strike and you will lose your benefits. They told us if you vote no, to the union, things are going to change. You're going to get a raise, Gonzalez said. See, management is willing even to give up a raise rather than the union. What is it that it hates so much about the union? The CEO even said, give us 60 days to improve. But this didn't carry much water with Alcala, since the hotel had been operating for decades. You had 17 years, and now you want to do something about it? Why? To help counter the misinformation, union supporters leafleted before anti-union meetings and met to debrief after work. Marches on the boss, delegations over health and safety complaints. The union enlisted Santa Monica's mayor, council members, community supporters, and clergy to join their actions. Management's final stunt was to post an election day schedule listing specific times when each employee could go and vote. 
instead of complying, the 29 pro-union workers came up with their own plan to vote as soon as the polls open. Everyone is going to vote at 6 a.m. together, so they can't do anything to us during the day. She stayed for the vote count that night. Though two ballots from the group of 29 who voted early were challenged, the wide margin made it inconsequential. When we got out, my co-workers were waiting across the street. We started screaming, Si se pudo. Yes, we could. Okay, that's the Labor Notes website. That's a heartening story. People standing up for their rights. People organizing. Mutiny time. Let's see if we can play something here. Um, yeah, were your times tougher than this? are still going on except now they're bullets they're bullets into the bodies of young men of color and young working people that cold autumn morning no I saw the sun and daddy may Collins her number was one in an old Baptist church there was no need to and the choir kept singing of freedom. The clouds, they were dark, and the autumn wind blew. And Denise McNair brought the number to two. The falcon of death was a creature they and the choir kept singing of freedom. The church, it was crowded and no one could see that Cynthia Wellesley's dark number was three. Her prayers and her feelings would shame you the choir kept singing of freedom. Young Carol Robertson entered the door, and the number her killers had given was four. She The choir kept singing of freedom. 
Worker's song, worker's song from the uh, Louisiana docks in New Orleans, made famous by the great Hebe Ledbetter, a.k.a. Ledbelly. He said the Weavers, Pete Seeger. Stay there by your phone. 
Irene, good night. Uh, number one hit for the Weavers in 1949, I believe. The Weavers were uh, one of the hottest things going in terms of folk music at that time, late 40s, early 50s. And um, they got put on a list, as did so many people at that time. They got put on a list as being communists or communist sympathizers. Seeger himself was called up before the House Committee and uh, served a year, I believe. I'm not sure about that. Although his case was later overturned. And he said quite correctly, uh, my politics are my business. And Senator, whoever the, Munt, Carl Munt, I believe, uh, of uh, North Dakota, are his and neither, neither one of us has any business telling the other what to believe. So the, the Weavers were on the point of signing a radio, a contract, to have a nationally broadcast show on radio. Then the uh, station, whoever it was, backed out. Uh, the Weavers eventually disbanded but had uh, periodic uh, reunions. Uh, Ronnie Gilbert, uh, Lee Hayes, Pete Seeger. Not sure who the other guy was. Anyway, that, that the Weavers. So what we're doing today is kind of cherry picking. I'm going over a list here called Mutiny Time. And this is a list I put together a while ago, but you're going to hear all kinds of stuff. Um, this one is in honor of the uh, Cuban leader, socialist Fidel Castro, whose uh, revolution stood as a proud alternate alternative to American capitalism. Uh, one of the few, um, quote-unquote, undeveloped countries that was able to pursue its own Destiny. Uh, Castro always claimed that that uh, the censorship and the extreme uh, kind of um, spying on people to make sure that they weren't trying to overthrow him. He claimed that that came that kind of paranoia came from the many and documented U.S. attempts to try to have him killed. An out-and-out uh, invasion of Cuba took place. Uh, of the type, you know, that toppled people like Mossadegh and, uh, and uh, the Guatemalan leader. Okay, here's Guantanamera, the theme song. Uh, Fidel Castro when he was in the Sierra Maestra. Venezuela, the land of the sun, where Cuba is the 
sería más en esta tierra de sol que dicen tú Guajira, Guantanamera 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 Tú vives mi razón 
And we all know what Guantanamera is about, right? A wounded deer running through the jungle, bleeding. Um, please give me shelter, women of Guantanamo. Uh, a song uh, adopted by Fidel Castro and the movement against uh, Fulgencio Batista, the uh, U.S.-backed dictator. This is Labor and Love, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We talked about the hotel workers in Santa Monica. We talked about the labor appointee uh, let's listen to a U.S. labor report here. Um, it's uh, Workers International Network, uh, their weekly labor report. Workers Independent News, we can review. I'm Doug Cunningham. The biggest political lesson Democrats have to understand is that the November election was lost in the industrial Midwest because for decades, Democrats failed to meet the real needs of working people. That's the conclusion of a paper from the Economic Policy Institute's Jeff Foe. The paper is about the contribution that the Democratic leadership's trade policies over the years have made to uh, the disaster that, uh, that happened in November. My conclusion is that the Democratic leadership has long ignored the real economic needs of, uh, of working people in this country, especially in the industrial Midwest. IUECWA workers on strike at Momentive Performance Materials rallied and marched with supporters in Waterford, New York, Tuesday. They've been on strike since the beginning of November. The company, located in a former GE plant, is attacking health care benefits after two consecutive contracts where the workers agreed to concessions. Here are comments from some of the striking workers taken from a New York AFL-CIO YouTube video. I'm a single mother with two kids. My oldest daughter, she's chronic asthmatic. I think everybody went in knowing that we might have to give up a little bit, and I think a lot of people were probably willing to give up a little bit, but they, they just took too much. It's too much to ask of us when they've already taken so much over the past 12 years. All we're asking for is a fair contract, and that's not a lot considering what we do for this plant. You give up your life for this plant. Apparently, they don't care about us, and they definitely don't care about our children. Columbia University teaching and research assistants have voted overwhelmingly to join the UAW. 3,500 grad workers at Columbia have won a voice on the job. It was these workers who got union rights restored for university graduate workers nationwide in a landmark NLRB ruling in August. Grad student workers at Columbia are dealing with issues like constant insecurity and unpredictability of working conditions, growing teaching loads, late pay, unreliable health benefits, and sexual harassment, among other issues. Now they will be able to push for resolution of those issues at the bargaining table. UAW President Dennis Williams says the union celebrates Columbia grad workers as they build a brighter future. On December 22nd, hundreds of California Cartage Warehouse workers are having a union election, and it's bringing temps together with direct hire warehouse workers as these workers stand up for their labor rights. While they are boldly trying to organize to improve their wages and working conditions, they say their bosses are waging a nasty anti-union campaign. The Warehouse Worker Resource Center says 
core employee management is violating labor law by using intimidation tactics in one-on-one meetings with the low-wage warehouse workers, while also deceiving them. Workers Independent News puts workers and their unions on the national radio news airwaves every day. To help keep labor's voice on the air, go to laborradio.org. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. In a major insult to working America, especially working people who voted for him, Donald Trump has chosen fast food CEO Andy Puzder as U.S. Labor Secretary. The National Employment Law Project says it's a sucker punch to the gut of workers. NELP's Christine Owens says it's hard to think of anyone less suited for the job of lifting up America's forgotten workers than Puzder. Owens says he's against raising the minimum wage, threatens to replace restaurants workers with machines and opposes rules that protect workers. While the Fight for 15 workers movement has each other's backs, Owens says Puzder has his fellow CEO's backs, even if it breaks the backs of those at the bottom. By federal statute, the purpose of the Labor Department is to foster, promote, and develop the welfare of the wage earners of the U.S. to improve their working conditions and to advance their opportunities. Puzder is against all of that. On Wednesday, National Nurses United joined other activists and U.S. Senators and other supporters of Medicare and Social Security to demand hands-off those programs, no cuts. And they presented a petition to that effect. Martha Cool is an RN and Secretary Treasurer of National Nurses United. The petition has over one million signatures on it, demanding that Trump, Ryan, and Mitch McConnell keep their hands off of our Medicare and our Social Security benefits. Medicare and Social Security are very popular programs, and prior attempts to undo them, privatize them, take them away, have met with great resistance, and this is part of that resistance. 312 IAM. MAW members in St. Louis have been told by the GKN company that their jobs are going to a non-union Alabama plant, but they don't know when. Steve McDermott is president, directing business agent for IAWAW District 837 in St. Louis. I'm going to try to find everything I can to keep them from leaving, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. McDermott says that working people are in for a very rough time with anti-worker Republicans taking over government, but a strong resistance will be mounted. We'll be fighting until the last breath. Chuck Jones, president of United Steelworkers Local 1999 at the Carrier Plant in Indianapolis, says Trump, quote, lied his ass off, end quote, about saving carrier jobs from being sent to Mexico. Jones says while it is true that some jobs were saved, hundreds more jobs from carrier are still going to Mexico. And carrier's parent company is getting $7 million in tax credits from Indiana to add insult to injury to the people of Indiana. People got false hopes that they were going to keep their jobs, and when it, when all the smoke cleared, 730 of our members are keeping jobs, 550 aren't going to have a job. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. All right, so that's what's going on around uh, the U.S., This next one is the World Labor Report. And uh, it's produced by Radio Labor. Let's listen in on them and see what...
This was filed on Friday. Let's see. Looks like it's going to start. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 18th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In a report this week, Labor calls for a just transition to sustainable economies as the Paris Climate Agreement comes into force. More than a million people demonstrate against new labor laws in South Korea. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. A global agreement on climate change came into force this month with labor support, but also demands for a just transition for workers to more sustainable economies. Radio Labor's senior correspondent, Seamary Ainsborough, has a report. An important milestone in the fight against the effects of climate change was reached this month with the coming into force of the Paris Agreement. The agreement, which is strongly supported by the international labor movement, is a UN-sponsored initiative dealing with greenhouse gas emissions, economic adaption, and financing. After having received the necessary number of national ratifications, the agreement went into effect at the beginning of November. The coming into force of the agreement was welcomed by labor leaders around the world. Sharon Burrow is the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the global organization which represents national labor centers such as the AFL-CIO in the United States and the Ghana Trades Union Congress. On behalf of the ITUC and 180 million trade union members around the world, we commit to the Paris Agreement. But it must be that the industrial transformation, a massive shift in the way we conduct our economies, our production, transport and logistics, construction, agriculture, all of the major industries, there must be a just transition. We will be at the table where governments are serious, where employers are serious about the transition. Three things are vital. One, governments must raise their ambition. We must see national and industry plans for a just transition. And we must indeed share the finance and the technology to make it possible for people everywhere. Hassan Yusuf is the president of the Trade Union Confederation of the Americas. Tuca represents national union centres in North, Central and South America. Mr Yusuf is the president of the Canadian Labour Congress. Climate change is the biggest threat to humanity. And as workers, I think we have a central role to play in how we can combat that climate change. I think if we don't take this seriously, fundamentally, I think that um, it's going to be a very hostile world for us to live in. The first thing that needs to be, I think, be assured to my workers, should they have to lose their job or to make adjustment, they will have generous income support while they're going through that period. It's also important that we give them the best uh, opportunity to reskill themselves. Employers need to be, uh, be more innovative in the workplace. All workplaces need to examine how they use energy, how they contribute to the challenges, of course, to climate change, and more importantly, what are they going to do in, in working with unions and government. This has been the tradition of our movement. It's always been the history of our movement. We've never been fearful of the future. So it is critical for our members to see themselves in this process 
as a necessary part of how we build a better world and a more sustainable world. As part of a demonstration of more than a million people in Seoul, Korea, 200,000 labor activists rallied on Saturday, November 12th, to demand the release of jailed union leaders. The larger demonstration was called to protest bribes paid by Hyundai and Samsung to government officials in return for the implementation of anti-worker laws. At the labor union rally, activists called for the release of all union leaders who have been jailed by the government during its crackdown on labor organizations. Among the imprisoned union leaders is the president of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, Han Sang-gun, and the vice president of the Korean Federation of Public Services and Transportation Workers Unions, the KPTU. One of the labor leaders who spoke at the union rally was Walter Sanchez, the general secretary of the Global Union Industrial. You can count on the international labor movement. We will make sure that in every corner of this world, there will be a candlelight to the people of Korea. Among the international labor activists who attended the union rally in Seoul were representatives of the United Auto Workers Union in the U.S., the Service Employees International Union, also based in the U.S., the Global Union Uni, and the International Trade Union Confederation. The day before the demonstration, two of the union leaders met with imprisoned KCTU President Han, who has been sentenced to five years in jail. They were interviewed by Wol San Liem. I'm here today with Rob Johnson, the Assistant General Secretary of the ITF, and Walter Sanchez, who is the newly elected General Secretary of Industrial. We've just visited three union leaders from the KCTU, uh, President Han, and from the KPTU, Vice President Joe, and, and President Lee of the Construction Plant Workers Union in South Korea, who are imprisoned at the Seoul Detention Center. Can you tell us about your meeting with them? It was a very impressive meeting because Brother Han was uh, still very strong, showing that he, he is unbreakable. And we expressed him our full solidarity. And he re replied very happily that we're here in a very difficult situation, but uh, showing that we are, will deliver solidarity to him and he thinks that he, he will be at the mass rally tomorrow through our presence. Yeah, it was a very emotional visit. You, you can't visit somebody locked up like that and not feel emotion, but it was also a very powerful uh, visit as well. And we have a very clear message to take. It was not a message from London or from us, but a message from the colleagues we met. And that message is to stand up, speak out, and fight back. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Last week was a particularly busy week at Labour Start as our volunteers collected over 2,800 stories. Our top stories section included links to news about the Iranian teachers' union leader given a six-year prison sentence a victory for the global campaign to force Qatar to recognize basic workers' rights at the World Cup building site, and a huge union-organized rally in South Korea in support of the demand that the country's president resign. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. 
Here are just a few highlights. In both Brazil and Argentina, workers struck in opposition to government social and economic policies. Public transport workers in Cameroon escalated their wage dispute into a walkout. Public sector workers held a one-day strike in Ghana to protest the government's failure to make contributions to their pension plan. Nigerian university workers downed tools to protest layoffs. In Morocco, a three-day combination walkout and sit-in strike was called after the arrest of union organizers after protests over the death of a fish harvester while in police custody. Canadian miners were locked out after refusing to accept the concessions that their employer was demanding. Public transport workers staged roving blockades across Uruguay to protest the arrival of Cabify, an Uber-like ride-hailing service. Our top working women's stories included coverage of midwives organizing in Canada, a, quote, mansplaining, end quote, complaints hotline established by a Swedish union, and the election of a woman to head the Norwegian Rail Workers Union for the first time in its 124-year-long history. The Health and Safety Newswire, we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the one-day walkout by 10,000 prison guards in the UK over workplace safety, air quality hazards in Australian mines, and asbestos in Canadian schools. Currently, Labour Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that was a World Labor Report, news from all over the globe about labor actions that are happening everywhere and every day. So what do you do? You call it like it is. Here's Annie DeFranco and Utah Phillips. kitchen and he told me the story of the Spokane free speech fight 1910 
I, I would not attempt to duplicate that rumbling baritone voice or that Norwegian accent, but is the story the way he told it. He said, Oh, they boomed into Spokane and towns all over the West, looking for work in the in the silver mines up in the Coeur d'Alene's or, or in the logging camps or in the wheat harvest, the 110 cats, the great wheatlands that flow away south of Spokane called the Palouse. Well, you jungle up in the flops, uh, wait for the weather to break, and, uh, and then you go down on the street on Trent Avenue, and there were these rows of little shops called labor sharks. Well, labor sharks hold jobs. You give a labor shark $4 and it entitles you to a job, uh, say, putting down a new mine shaft up in the Coeur d'Alene's. Well, you'd boom up there to that job, burning up your road stake as you went. You get up there, work a month, get paid, and then fired. Why? Because the, the foreman on the job was splitting the labor fees with the shark in town. But crooked as hell, they called it petrol motion, where you had one job, one worker going to the job, one worker on the job, one worker coming back to buy another damn job. Well, he said that the, the union, the Wobblies, IWW, they came into those towns all over the West, in Spokane, and uh, to build union hiring halls to control the conditions of their labor. Well, the one in Missoula, Montana was burned down. The one in Spokane was torn down by the law. So the Wobblies went down on the street and they put up soapboxes and they get up on the soapbox and start windmilling, street speaking, exhorting. And they'd always set up right across the street from the Starvation Army. Be over there Bible banging and Jesus preached and telling these working folks that to give what they had to, uh, to Jesus to get pie in the sky by and by. My, my, that's a lie. Well, they were good at it. People flocked across the street to join a fighting union, which offers a more immediate form of salvation than the standard garden variety. Scared the tar out of the city and out of the bosses, so they passed an ordinance against free speech, against speaking openly on the street. Applied to everybody except the Salvation Army. Now that's intolerable. We all know that the state can't give you free speech and the state can't take it away. You're born with it, like your eyes, like your ears. Huh? We all understand that. Like old Campbell said, freedom is something you assume. Then you wait for somebody to try to take it away from you. The degree to which you resist is the degree to which you are free. So they said, okay, we're going to resist. They sent out a call to anybody cut loose from a job in the whole territory. They flooded into town on the freight trains, filled it up, put that soapbox up on Trent Avenue in defiance of the law, built a line four blocks down and four blocks up, and every one of those booming workers took their turn up on that soapbox. Had time enough to say, fellow workers, and they got arrested. Well, that was the idea, of course, to fill the jails. The Finnish workers, they were the tough ones. The Finnish immigrants were socialists when they got here. The Finnish worker had learned enough English to be able to say, fellow workers, and if the cop wasn't right there, he'd say, where's that damn cop? Well, they filled the city jail, filled the county jail, filled the, the sports arena, all the high school gyms, grade schools. Every square inch of public space was full of busted boomers. But then the city had to feed them. The tax burden was enormous. And the taxpayers balked and said, we're not going to spend our hard-earned hard loot to feed that bunch of grimy grifters down in the slammer. So they had to change the ordinance and they won. And it didn't take any ballot boxes and it didn't take any political parties. It's called direct action and comes to us highly recommended. You're sitting there yakking right in my face. 
guess I'm gonna have to put you in your place. You know, if silence was golden, you couldn't raise a dime. Because your mind is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Perhaps a portrait of our recent uh, president-elect. And dropping names. You're telling stories about the dames. You're over laughing when things ain't funny. You're trying to sound like the big money. You know if talk was criminal, you'd lead a life of crime. Because your man is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Short talk is cheap. Don't be making promises that you can't keep. You don't like this little song I'm singing, just grinning back. it. All I can say is if the shoe fits a word and you must keep talking, please try to make it rhyme. Because your man is on vacation and your mouth is working. Let's go. 
Just so I survive Try to rock cause it keeps the crowd alive I'm not falling, I'm just calling But I pass the day, so just yawning Ring around the round, I'm pump, you jump up Clear my words for verbs to get you stuck I've been around the wide, you can describe myself Get down for the process of rage Can you kick your life?
let's move on here. Let's see what we've got here. Um, I have a personal interest in uh, Doha, which is the capital and main city of um, Qatar. Um, I know someone who's working there as a teacher, so I kind of pay special attention to what's going on in Qatar. And what's going on, of course, is that all kinds of uh, workers go there to work in order to build or remodel the soccer stadium in time for the 2022 World Cup. And uh, the complaint was that people there were being worked to death. Okay? Um, that thousands of, Qatar, of workers in Qatar were dying because of the working conditions. So what, what's happening here now, rights groups skeptical as new labor reforms take effect in Qatar. Al Jazeera, a new law governing nearly all of Qatar's expats, that's foreign workers, uh, is going to take effect. And let's see what it is. And sort of, you know, and what happens, of course, is that uh, what happens, of course, is that contractors find workers in their own countries or their own areas and uh, promise them all sorts of things. They're sent to Qatar um, let's see what we got A new law governing nearly all of Qatar's expats comes into force today. We're talking about uh, last week. Um, according to QNA, the law abolishes the kafala sponsorship system and guarantees greater flexibility, freedom, and protection to Qatar's more than 2.1 million salaried workforce. But rights groups say that in reality the changes barely scratch the surface when it comes to protecting low-income workers from exploitative bosses. In a statement this week, the Amnesty International's Deputy Director for Global Issues said, the new law may get rid of the word sponsorship, but it leaves the same basic system intact. The tragedy is that Many workers think that this new law will be the end of their ordeal. Human Rights Watch has previously expressed similar concerns. It said the changes leave the fundamentally exploitative characteristics of the kafala system in place. Qatar has rejected these assertions. In a statement yesterday, the government communications office said... We remain committed to the development of a labor system that is fair to both employers and employees alike. Uh, you can't have that. 
their interests are completely different. <clears throat> Minister of Administrative Development also weighed in during a press conference, says, we urge the international community not to draw any defin definitive conclusions until there has been time to see the new law in action. In other words, there, there's the reason for the new law. The international community, the, there have been a lot of uh, criticism of the labor system in Qatar. That hundreds of thousands of workers had died. Let's see here. Okay, well, that's my Qatar hit. Uh, today in labor history, let's see what we got. Well, November 30th, 2011, that's not exactly, you know, December. Public service workers in the United Kingdom joined the biggest single strike since 1926 against the government's pension reforms. About two-thirds of state schools closed and thousands of hospital operations were postponed as unions estimated up to two million people went on strike. December 8th, the American Federation of Labor was founded, 1880s. Uh, we also have a story that we'll talk more about next week. December 24th, 1969, the famous Kurt Flood letter to uh, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn. December 12th, 2006, a U.S. immigration sweep of six swift meat plants results in arrests of nearly 1,300 undocumented workers. Workers. You got that? Workers. If they're high rollers or drug dealers, they probably wouldn't get picked up. They wouldn't be, certainly wouldn't be there at the meat plant where the raid took over. Um, Samuel Gompers died December 13th, 1924. One of the uh, most conservative, uh, racist, early labor leaders, although the FL has lasted. It's a strong organization. December 14th, some 33,000 striking members of the machinists and the 69-day workout at Boeing after winning pay and benefit increases and protections against subcontracting some of their work overseas. That's 1995. 
December 15, 1913. AFL convention passes a 1% per cap assessment to aid the organization of women workers. Everywhere you go, there's labor action. You're only alone when you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, you'll be counted as sitting down. You'll be counted only as not standing up. Labor and love here, coming to an end on a winter's day in the Mission District. Beautiful day to come on down. an old tune, like to play some old tunes every once in a Nice little tribute there to uh, the 1940s. Benny Goodman with uh, Stompin' at the Savoy, a tune made popular by 
Don Bester. So this is Labor and Love, and we're about getting ready to get out of here. Uh, one clock says it's 11.42, one says 11.47. So we'll take the 11.42. I want to talk about something uh, that was attributed to Alan Greenspan. I've seen this uh, on the web that Greenspan said, uh, made a remark about how worker insecurity had been a break on inflation. In other words, implying that that was a good thing, worker insecurity was a good thing because workers were more desperate. Um, this whole thing says, was picked up by none other than Noam Chomsky. So Chomsky, Chomsky commented on it. He says the idea is sometimes made quite overt. So when Alan Greenspan was testifying before Congress in 1997 on the marvels of the economy he was running, he said straight out that one of the bases for its economic success was imposing what he called greater worker insecurity. Goes like this, if workers are more insecure, that's very healthy for the society. Because if workers are insecure, they won't ask for wages. They won't go on strike. They won't call for benefits. They'll serve the masters gladly and passively. And that's optimal for corporations' economic health. At the time, everyone regarded Greenspan's comment as very reasonable, judging by the lack of reaction and even the great acclaim he enjoyed. Okay, so this is... Chomsky paraphrasing Alan Greenspan. What Alan Greenspan said, the performance of the U.S. economy has been quite favorable. Low levels of inflation and inflation expectations have been key support for a healthy economic performance. Okay. What's keeping inflation down? Hmm, atypical restraint on compensation, that's pay raises, increases what has been evident for a few years and appears to be mainly the consequence of greater worker insecurity. The willingness of workers in recent years to trade off smaller increases in wages for job security seems to be reasonably well documented. Okay, so... Greenspan is actually saying that it's healthy that there is worker insecurity. At some point, the trade-off of subdued wage growth for job security has to come to an end. In other words, okay, so all he's saying is that there's a certain amount of job security they want, but after a while it doesn't matter. They need increases in their living standards. So Chomky's tone when he paraphrases what, what Greenspan said is uh, different from what Greenspan 
said. Greenspan was a scholarly, but he was saying that worker insecurity contributes to keeping inflation down and that that's a good thing. All right, let's see what we got here. This is the B, and we're at uh, Mutiny Radio. That's on, on your uh, computer dial, mutinyradio.fm. Okay. Call out to everybody. Hope everything's good. Happy birthday to Jose. Can't wait to see my daughter Vita coming in from uh, the north. Hope everything's good with her. Um, remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B signing off. Good week and good work. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? 
Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast God, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen, graphic design for every need, and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse 
every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dog.